Greetings and welcome to this episode of the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. Once again, it is time to bring the orange. Joining me today is Chaz Dye, database architect who works in the North America Sales Engineering Organization. Chaz, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you. I know you focus primarily on Oracle Database and have a pretty long storied history of working around Oracle and those related technologies. Yeah, I always tell people I've been working with Oracle since the 1900s. I started with uh, Oracle version <laughs> 5. I've been a developer. I've been a, an, an architect and a DBA, carried a pager, all of that, supported big, big websites like Yahoo. And uh, here I am. Carried a pager, right? That I sure takes did. you back. <laughs> that probably takes you back to, as I said, the 1900s. Yeah, totally the 1900s. And then these days, what are what are you doing on on behalf of Pure? And you've been doing it for a few years now, I think, right? I, I've been with Pure for it'll be six years next wow. month. Right. And uh, I joined in marketing. When I joined, I had no idea what the difference was between sales and marketing. Let's just say now I'm in sales. And uh, <laughs> so you absolutely know the difference. I know the difference now. <laughs> and uh, I, I travel and visit prospects and, and existing customers and with prospects, obviously do the pitch mm -hmm. uh, with existing customers, uh, help them get the most out of their investment. So like tuning and, and problem solving and things like that around Ex Oracle database. Exactly. Mostly. And making sure that they realize the features that are that are available to them. Which kind of takes me to my first line of questioning, which is, you know, at a high level, what are customers that are running Oracle Database, right? There's there's hundreds of thousands of them, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's massively pervasive. It still has a huge market share as a premier mission-critical databases. But if you can encapsulate the the two or three things that, that existing Oracle Database customers are thinking about right now, what would those be? Uh, well, a lot of them are thinking about getting off of Oracle. <laughs> um, and this, the, the more... Uh, Clever customers are not going to try to just take a whole application and move it off of Oracle, but they will either do what people call microservices and pull out a little piece and put that on something else. And anything, any new development sometimes will not be on Oracle. That all that said, Oracle is certainly not going away. It's it's a huge use case for us, and it, I'm sure it will continue to be for years. Um, the customers who are running Oracle have the traditional challenges that you would expect. Um, before the prevalence of uh, flash storage, the, the best tuned Oracle databases in the world, I would say, were I.O. constrained. Mm -hmm. And obviously, flash makes that problem essentially vanish. Uh, the other problems besides performance, uh, the other problems that people encounter is simply a, a large workload of doing anything from, uh, you know, architecting DR sites to backup recovery to cloning databases and just the kind of one-off administrative tasks that often come up. Yeah. So business continuity and, and things around there with, with, you know, typical production Oracle databases. Right. Um, what about the cloud, right? They're, they're probably looking at, you know, can I take this thing to the cloud? How realistic is that? I know there's probably some that are going that way or have gone, but. Yeah. I think a lot of people with uh, CXO sort of titles want to be able to say, oh yeah, we moved all these things to the cloud. And so that's great. Um, Sometimes it makes sense. The problem with a database in particular uh, is that they're often really large and the actual act of getting it to the cloud is very painful. And should you ever want to retrieve it and get it back for some reason, even more pain. Another consideration is that there are often compliance and security concerns that basically make it impossible to put something on the cloud. 
Uh, that said, Oracle is uh, pushing something where they do an on-prem kind of cloud solution where they will put something in your data center and they will manage it. And that is something that is appealing to a lot of people. We, we have definitely seen that out there in the field. Yeah, and I know that's a big uh, a big push for them as well. Um, what about sort of purpose built appliance approaches? You probably bump into a lot of customers that are running kind of these integrated top to bottom stacks. Yeah, and that's actually kind of fun for us. We run into people running the uh, uh, purpose built appliance on a you know pretty much a weekly basis. And the thing about purpose built appliances is that they are indeed purpose built. Yes. Um, and there is a, often a, well, there's always a use case for which they are designed and for which they're very, very well suited. Um, the trouble is a customer may have, may not realize that their actual workload doesn't really apply to what the sweet spot of this appliance is. And so they'll buy it and they'll use it for a few years and find out, you know what, all the secret sauce involved with this appliance isn't really giving me any benefit. So all the really cool engineered stuff doesn't help me. Uh, and not only that, but I just paid a lot of money for it. And there are administrative uh, you know, hassles and we meet a lot of people who are looking for a way to get off of them. Yeah, for sure. And then what about licensing, right? I think if you talk to you know almost every yeah. Oracle customer, that's the one thing they're looking to. Uh, you can't eliminate it, but they're probably looking to sort of minimize it. Uh, In general, cost is the the one thing that is common to every single customer that they don't want. Nobody wants to spend money they don't need to spend. Of course, um, the other the other factors like whether or not it's suited for their application, whether or not. Um, they can manage it themselves. Those, those aren't common across all customers, but cost absolutely is. Uh, and, and yeah, people don't want to spend money that they don't need to spend. What about complexity around running databases? I know, you know, from a DBA perspective, I guess maybe the purpose-built appliance solved some of those things when, when those were rolled out. But is there still a degree of complexity when you talk to DBAs where they're going, I, you know, I just there's some things that just don't work for me, or my applications are slowing down, and I'm not really sure why that is. Yeah, you, it's not a set it and forget it kind of situation. You may have to. Um, uh, recreate uh, profiles. You may have to do something special with gathering stats. Uh, some new query might come along that just doesn't work proper, doesn't work well and needs to be tweaked and tuned and so forth. Um, and the tweaking and tuning, I would argue, is a bit more complex in a uh, purpose-built appliance than it would be in a straight-up normal you know, Oracle database. Yeah, because there's a lot of different buttons and knobs and things to twist and tune that you yeah, have to exactly. do, as opposed to just kind of one area to hone in on. Exactly. Is the majority of the tuning that you run into kind of software-based, and maybe you don't even look at that, or or do you run into things that are hardware-based? And I'm assuming you focus on more the, the data management and storage-based things that you can tune. Yeah. Um, so what what generally happens is that the tuning issues essentially vanish when a customer goes from an, some other environment, especially obviously a spinning disk environment, right. to pure. There's really nothing much to do. And we don't have a long laundry list of init.aura parameters to set or OS settings to make. Uh, I think we have, there are two init.aura parameters that we even discuss. One of them is uh, async. Uh, disk async IO, which we like to be true, mm -hmm. which is the default anyway. Um, and if it's not an ASM-based database, we like file system IO options to be set all, which most of the time it is anyway. Um, and you know, there are like three UDEV rules for Linux. It, it's we really don't have a lot in the way of please do this. You know, we don't say please change your block size to 4K if you want to get the optimal performance, or please make sure that you have exactly this number of ASM disks. Things like that 
are really irrelevant. And that's really the kind of the hallmark of the design of, of what we've done with right with the arrays, right? right? Is that simplicity and that that sort of elegance and efficiency that's built in, you know, at the start to eliminate some of these other complex tuning mechanisms yeah. you have to go about. Right. So probably, you know, I'll give an example of something that uh, came up just last week, which is that we had a customer who was on uh, a spinning disk environment and they moved to Pure. And uh, the guy said, well, you know, I was thinking Flash is at least 10 times as fast as the, what we were on before, but the, the database isn't going 10x faster. What, what's going on mm -hmm. here? And of course, I said, well, let's look at the AWR report. Right. And so he sent an AWR report, and uh, as you would probably expect, the database wasn't I.O. constrained at all. And so even probably before on the spinning disk environment, it probably wasn't I.O. constrained either. But I was able to show that the weight events for physical I.O. were he, – he gave me AWR reports both before and after. So I was able to point out that actually anything related to I.O. is indeed much faster. It's You're not noticing it because that's not you know where the wait time is being spent in either case. I see. Yeah. So it's kind of transparent or right. it's looking in the wrong place. Right. right. Yeah. The, old, the, the old Indiana Jones. They're digging in the wrong place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, so what are uh, – you know, you mentioned you kind of go out and you talk to prospects and, and then also help existing uh, pure customers to maximize their investment. Um, when you're talking to prospects, what are what are some of the hallmarks or the, or the interesting features uh, about pure and about the Flash Array and the Flash Blade products that, that we right. can promote? Uh, so first of all, when I when I began working at Pure, uh, I, w I would talk about performance with customers and focus on how we're really fast and everything. But now I always say you're not going to buy another spinning disk any sooner than you buy a roll of film or a fax machine. So any flash that you buy is going to be fast. It doesn't matter if it's from us or any of our competitors. It's really not a distinction. So you know we can check the box that, yeah, we're fast, but everybody else can check the same box. So first thing I try to do is get customers to realize that performance really is the least of your worries at this point. It, you, if you have performance problems, no matter who you select, your performance problems are going to be fixed. So the things that do matter that where we do distinguish ourselves are things like simplicity, things like resiliency, things like um, the, the, uh, the data reduction that we get, uh, the fact that once you install an array, you will never take it out. Or, or, sorry, you'll never take downtime. Right, so, right. you know, you buy an array today and then three years later, there might be completely different equipment in the rack, but at no time ever did you take uh, an outage. And by the way, we, we consider performance degradation to be an outage. So that's just a whole different thing than what anybody is used to. Every... Every storage vendor, for example, releases code on some kind of a cadence, like maybe once a quarter. We do as well. And the storage vendor wants you to take it. And the the process has always been, okay, we're going to schedule maintenance for 2 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and we'll take everything down and do this maintenance. And now, w with us, we don't – you can do it at 2 in the morning on Sunday if you want to, but you might as well do it during the day when the smart people are around and awake and not drunk or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Non-disruptive, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, some, in some cases, the, the company's just operational policies don't allow that, but – a lot of a lot of customers are definitely doing maintenances in the middle of the day just because it's less disruptive, frankly. Right, and they can, right? Right. But we just have to get them to believe that they can do that. And right. It's not going to act like other arrays where they've had to, you know, go take that downtime. Yeah. So again, the, the things that really distinguish us aren't so much performance is not um, simplicity, uh, reliability, availability. 
uh, data reduction. Those are the things that that really uh, go in our favor. Speak more to data reduction, if you will. I know I see metrics around that that we hit sometimes, you know, three and a half to five to one right. data reduction typically for Oracle. I know your mileage may vary, but yeah. is, that, is that a fair estimate? And then what does that mean? Like, what does that do for customers, you know, relative to you know, not having to acquire as much right. storage or, or, you know, from a management standpoint. Yeah. So the, obviously the more effective the data reduction, the, the better the economics of the deal. Um, so for Oracle data type, vanilla data types like dates, numbers, and varchars, it is totally reasonable to expect 5x data reduction. Okay. Uh, the things that mitigate data reduction in or Oracle database would be uh, compression, encryption, or storing binary stuff like PDF documents or compiled code or videos or what have you. Um, so... The th another thing to bear in mind, of course, is that everybody selling Flash is doing data reduction right. for the exact same reason, which is that it, it's really still at this point in time necessary for the economics. So what we what we do, though, is – well, we know for a fact that our data reduction is twice as effective as the next closest competitor out there. And you know we can say that, but there are really specific reasons why that is. Uh, one reason is that we do deduplication at the granularity of 512 bytes. Mm -hmm. So most Oracle databases out there are 8K and the, there's a unique header and there's something unique at the tail. And so our competitors who generally do deduplication at a granularity of 4K – cannot get any dedupe out of an Oracle block, whereas we can and we do. Um, other things that we do that are uh, different than some implementations are we do uh, dedupe, dedupe across the entire array, not volume by volume. So if you have the string uh, California on this volume and on that volume and eight times on one volume and 10 times on another volume, uh, other implementations are going to store that string twice. We're only going to once per volume. We're only going to store it once. So for that and a lot of other technical things, reasons that uh, somebody smarter than me can explain. Um, <laughs> I think you're explaining them pretty well, actually. Well, yeah. At any rate, it it, it, it is true that uh, and we have observed many many times and have uh, we've had it confirmed with customers doing bake offs. We absolutely get twice the data reduction as anybody else out there. Okay. And so that that's that's good for the customer, obviously, because they need to buy less capacity. Um, shift gears a little bit. You know, can you talk about what your engagements um, usually are relative to customers? Um, and I guess it's maybe related to some of those things that we were just talking about. But right, you know, are you, are you firefighting or is it just advisement? You know, guiding. Um, it's it's certainly not firefighting. It's more along the lines of, of making sure they're familiar with the the features that they bought. So okay. one thing that I talk about, for lack of a better expression, is data services, which basically means things like snapshots and replication and active cluster in particular, and so. You know, as a DBA, I've always been a big fan of DataGuard. Every place I've ever worked, uh, it's 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 been in place, and it works. It probably has literally a million years of production uptime right. utilization. It's very well known, very well understood, and it's it works and it's awesome. Um, and as a DBA, I never trusted storage based replication. Um, so that said. There are things that there are data service services that we have that uh, offer an alternative to uh, DataGuard. So, you know, the pros are, of DataGuard are well, first of all, the things I just mentioned, but also the fact that there's essentially zero data at risk. Um, it, it, basically, zero data at risk if you use um, the, the active apply. Um, it's heterogeneous, so it can go from uh, pure storage to not pure storage. Um, it's really it's really easy to change roles. Yeah, uh, you can have it go in n different directions. So 
it, it's it really is a fantastic product. Um, the only da- the, really the only downside to DataGuard is the fact that you need to pay for it. Yeah, and so there is a universe of customers out there for whom that's actually not cool, uh, and they want to have an, uh, another solution. So in those kinds of cases. Uh, our asynchronous replication makes sense. So we, we can achieve the exact same outcome. Well, not the exact same outcome because the greatest frequency that we can replicate, realistically speaking, is I would say 10 minutes. I think the GUI lets you set it at five minutes. All right. But just being realistic, 10 minutes is what is the expectation that I think we should set. So you do have 10 minutes of data at risk. Uh, there are customers that are cool with that. There are others who are not. Um, there are ways to sort of work around that. Mm-hmm. For example, besides doing the replication, you can rsync archive data logs or, and that sort of thing. Um, but at any rate, if the cost is an issue, it, it's typically a situation where if cost is truly an issue, this isn't something where we can't lose any single piece of data. It, and and the, the target database, it could be for DR, it could be because they're populating a reporting database, it could be a lot of different things and that where the 10 minutes doesn't matter. Um, you mentioned snapshots. Where where do you see the the greatest use case or benefit of of the snapshot technology? Right. I mean, realizing that <clears throat> I think all the vendors have something, you know, similar relative to to snapshotting technology. But from an Oracle perspective, you know, what do we yeah. integrate in that's very useful for for the life of a DBA? Right. So you know, for every gigabyte of production data, there's probably five other gigabytes of attendant stuff behind it. Yeah. For dev test QA reporting, whatever it is. Um, and so traditionally, the way that you make those copies of things has been uh, with using Oracle technologies. It could be through an RMAN restore, through data pump, import export, or whatever. I know nobody uses the import export and data pump for this. But anyway, you could. Um, and the RMAN restore, first of all, it takes a long time. The bigger the database is, the longer it takes. Uh, and secondly, it takes the, the capacity hit. Uh, so every storage vendor out there has snapshots or something similar, and the the net result is the same, which is that here's a volume, and now here's another volume that looks just like it. So, uh, and so yeah, we do that too. But our implementation has a couple of distinctions from others. One one of them is that the copy uh, volume doesn't take or takes very 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 little capacity out of the array. So if you have a you know 20 terabyte database, you're probably going to consume maybe you know, five megabytes of capacity out of the array. You consume capacity as the data diverges. So now other other implementations also have this feature where you can have a copy where it takes no space, but that's going to be a read-only copy. For us, there's only one way to do it, which is read-write, and regardless, it doesn't take any capacity out of the array. So that's that's one distinction. Another distinction is that if you copy a snapshot to a volume, that volume is a full-fledged citizen. It doesn't have any dependency on the volume that it came from or the snapshot that it came from, so you can drop both the volume it came from as well as the snapshot. It's not going to bother the copy. Um, Another distinction is that our snapshots are static things. So the fact that uh, you might have a, a, a thousand snapshots on the array doesn't imply that the array is suddenly incurring a lot more work to do, like doing copy on write operations or tracking deltas or anything like that. We don't do any we don't do any additional work because of the fact that a snapshot exists. The snapshots themselves are quite small, and yeah, there's no there's no work done to keep them up to date. Um, so th- those are. 
every every database customer that we have, be it Oracle or anything else, is using snapshots for making copies for one reason or another. It is absolutely always the case that if you got a database, there's going to be a copy of it someplace. Yeah, and primarily all the DevOpsy kind of things that are going on, test dev, QA, reporting, types of all reporting. That. What about customizing, you know, workflows? I know there's frequently reasons in the you know the pre and post copy that to 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 do those things. I know you've done some work, right, you know, with some scripting and things that you can go out and help customers sure. to integrate as well, right? Yeah. So most customers have already solved the problem that yeah, I need to make a copy of the database, and you're right, it is often the case that there's work that needs to be done afterwards, such as, for example, changing the database name or changing the SID or maybe masking data and that sort of stuff. And typically customers have that in place already because they've been doing this already. But uh, yeah, we certainly have helped them out with the the pre and post processing. So you you can run uh, a script to clone a database from, excuse me, from the target database server where the clone is going to land. And you can, the, the amount of time it takes, by the way, is independent of how big the database is or how many volumes there are. It typically takes, well, for, in the demo I do, it takes under a minute. Okay. Um, and yeah, the post-processing usually is in place by the customer. The, the work that I've done in the past has been translating the snapshot-related commands from vendor X to pure. And the, the actual commands themselves are pretty much analogous. There's only so many things you can do. You can take a snapshot and uh, you can, well, in other implementations, they use the expression open it. Um, in our uh, instance, we talk about copying a snapshot to a volume. So you look at the scripts that the customer has in place and you know it's written by five years ago by some guy who left three years ago and nobody understands it and please, oh my God, don't touch it. <laughs> Uh, so it's a little bit scary, but it, it can be done and it's really not that big of a deal. Um, I'll, I'll challenge you now. Cause I know you have, you know, tons of customer interactions over the last five or six years. What, what one stands out as the most perhaps interesting or surprising relative to an outcome and I, yeah. hopefully something comes off the top of your head or, you know, that we talked um, about in planning, but I always think these are really interesting things to bring up. Yeah. So usually the, the scenario is that the a database customer buys an array and of course we size it and so forth. They buy the array and they, they put it to use and they're not, they're not having, they're not hitting their head on the performance capabilities of the array and everybody's happy and everything works well. Um, we had a customer who said, oh, well, you know what, our, our, our workload is going to be growing by, I don't know what, it, just, let's just say 50% a quarter and we're going to, we're going to smoke this array yeah. very, very soon. And, you know, well, every, every customer is, they're all snowflakes, right? Like <laughs> n- n- nobody has a database like we do. Um, so sure. Okay. The, and the customer said that, but in this case it turned out to be true. So I think we started them out on an, uh, a 450 and as the customer predicted, they, they smoked it. Um, in the sense that they ran out of headroom. Right. Uh, luckily, we had something new, and so we gave them something new, the next generation, which I believe was some kind of an M. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And then, well, anyway, the, to cut to the ca- cut to the chase, they got to the point where our, our top shelf array was not enough, and so that leads to some interesting sort of discussions. And what are we going to do? And so, in the case, actually, there are two customers that I know of where this has ha- happened. And so, what we do is the way you scale a pure array is if you are already already at the top shelf array that we have, how do you scale, right? And so, the way that you scale is by adding another array. 
Uh, now, in the case of an Oracle database, that isn't that's not you know uh, uh, there, there's some work that needs to be done. Right. right. Um, and so, what the both of the customers that I'm thinking of are on two of our top shelf arrays, top shelf arrays, and they have basically. Um, dispersed or distributed ASM disk groups across the arrays. And so they they have effectively doubled the IOPS and bandwidth that's available to them. And that is working, um, but that's probably the scariest situation that we've seen. And we have a lot of really big customers. When I say, and I don't mean big necessarily in terms of the company, I mean big in terms of the, the database the workloads. database sizes, yeah, right. We right. definitely have a lot of big ones out there. And as I said, with the exception of two, they've all been able to run their workloads on a single array. And the arrays, of course, are only getting faster anyway. That's fantastic. Oh, that's fun to hear that. I, I had not bumped into that interesting challenge, right? When yeah. You, when you max it out and, and then have to expand it across. Right. right? It, it, it does happen, but certainly not very often. And yeah. by the way, it can be done, obviously. Okay. Excellent. Well, to close, um, let's talk a little bit briefly about, about database administrators just in general uh -huh. and kind of in the Oracle context, right? If they're listening into this, what are the things that we want to make sure they understand? You know, Because a lot of times I don't know that they necessarily – Pay attention to storage unless it's making things well, really slow for them, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, and and the Oracle docs do have they they do speak of storage, and uh, the Oracle docs at least the last time I checked, which wasn't too long ago, all of the guidance and advice that they provide assumes that you're on spinning disk. So as an example of that, if you want to get the best performance out of an ASM disk group toss as many spindles behind it as you can because more spindles is more IOPS. And then there are a lot of knobs to twirl like allocation unit size, coarse and, or fine-grained uh, striping, the the redo, the block size of the redo logs, the block size of the database itself, ASM as opposed to file system. There are lots of things that are storage related that a, a DBA is familiar with even if they not even if they may not be familiar with, you know, uh, how to create a file system okay. or right. something like right. that. But so when I joined Pure, it probably took me about six to, to nine months to forget all the stuff that's irrelevant. So for DBAs who are moving to Pure, one of the things they have to understand is, you know what? All that stuff, you can forget about it. It doesn't matter how many disks are in ASM disk group. It doesn't matter the you know the block size. It doesn't matter you know, percent free, percent used. None of that stuff matters. So just stop worrying about it. You can worry about it if you like, but you're not going to get any, you're not going to squeeze any performance out of the array because you went from coarse to fine grain striping or something. But wouldn't or it be nice, the allocation yeah. unit size. But wouldn't it be nice to go worry about some other things? Right. right? So they're the, definitely, the, the, you know, they're yeah. strategic or grow the business or innovative or, you know, other projects. Exactly. So there are other things that are more worthwhile to worry about, I think, than uh, allocation unit size. Yeah. Uh, so all that goes away. And um, just one other thing I wanted to point out is that we, we have, uh, at this point, I think three customers doing fairly interesting things with Active Cluster. In particular, uh, we have uh, customers who have, not, not in the sense of the Oracle, Oracle has something called a stretched rack environment. Yeah. So I'm going to use the word stretch, but I'm not talking about Oracle stretched rack environment. I'm, I'm talking about stretching a, using our Active Cluster to stretch a rack environment uh, from you know across data centers. So, as far as Oracle knows, everything that you have you know instance at instance A at data center A and instance B at data center B, those instances can have the, an inter interconnect, and uh, they will think they're talking to the exact same piece of storage even even if they're not. And so, what becomes possible 
is that you can use Active Cluster as a DR solution, and what you would do is have the you know the preferred service for the application just go to database A, so that you don't have to worry about interconnect traffic. So the the other one is up and running, but it's there in the event you know break glass in case of emergency, and so if the primary does fail, the sessions can migrate over, and basically it's a zero touch failover, which is really cool. So that we, is cool. We do have customers doing that, and I expect to see more of that in the future. Yeah, that that certainly uh, that adoption seems to be picking up. Yeah, and lately, it ac- right, and uh, it it actually works pretty well. And, Excellent. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a storage vendor. I, it, <laughs> it actually does work pretty well. Well, you've been out there and you've seen it, right? right? You've exactly. seen it firsthand. That's right. All right. Well, excellent. Anything in close that you want to just add about Pure and and uh, Oracle? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, ju- I would say Pure in general. The, I've been on many, many, many sales calls, uh, visiting lots and lots of customers, and the the uh, attitude that we take is that we're here to help you. If if we have the right solution for you, then great. Here it is. Um, but we we listen to the customer. We really do. And it you know if 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 it doesn't fit, you know, thanks for taking the time. But, you know, we're, we're really, fr- bottom line is we're interested in helping people solve problems. And if that m- means a pure storage array, great. But uh, if it doesn't, well, you know, you know, here's my card. Yep. Well, and we've got a number of, number of years, right, of, yeah. uh, of building out Oracle solutions. And we will continue uh, to do that. Hey, thanks for joining today. Okay, thanks for the that time. That was a blast. Appreciate it. So thanks everybody for listening. And for more information on our Oracle solutions, you can go to purestorage.com, click on the solutions tab, and then click on Oracle. And that will get you everything that we're doing in the Oracle solution space. Thank you for listening. Please uh, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap for Pure Storage and Chaz Die. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Thanks, Jess. All right. Thank you.